welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up on this week's shows with our friends at Wednesday Bet and Title Law. Well, the EFL verdict is in. Lots to talk about. And, well, far from the end of the story, you would imagine. So, Dom, it was announced Friday night... Uh, which incidentally would have been, in the normal world, would have been the first night of tram lines. So I think that mm-hmm. would have been an interesting time for that news to have uh, to have broke for a lot of Wednesday fans. Uh, but yeah, Friday night it was uh, revealed then, minus 12. Um, I think my, I'll be honest, my initial reaction was, oh, that's a bit harsh. I didn't expect that. But then obviously it applies next season. So thinking, well, all right, at least yeah, we're not relegated. Uh, and then kind of chat to other people, a few people saying, oh, well, it seems like it's about right, kind of what they thought it would be. Uh, what was your what, what was your kind of initial thoughts? Uh, I was pretty down about it, in all honesty, James. Uh, the, I think yeah, some people's re- sort of response to it was that, well, oh, great, it doesn't apply to 2019-20 season. And, you know, because obviously if it had, then Wednesday would have finished bottom and they would have been relegated. But really, with the ruling, what it is, it's a case of Wednesday going to be in a relegation scrap next season. Uh, and I do think it's, from that perspective, you're looking at it, I do think it's going to be challenging for Wednesday to attract players now. And I do wonder whether they are going to have to maybe tweak the transfer policy that they had in mind for this summer of where I think the bulk of the signings would have been that mantra that Gary Monk has talked about, a lot of young, hungry and ambitious. I feel now actually Wednesday may have to go and get in the marketplace some seasoned, bow-hardened championship players, I think, as what you're going to be walking into uh, as a potential new player is a scrap for survival. But obviously, there could be some more twists and turns to come, and we're awaiting whether Wednesday are going to appeal it. Um, That can't happen until they get the full written reasons and as we record now they haven't received the full written reasons and when they do get those they have 14 days to decide whether they want to appeal and then you've also got in the background Charlton Athletic and a number of clubs but Charlton are the main ones at the moment who are threatening legal action and the fact that Wednesday's points deduction has not been applied to the 1920 season and will in fact be applied to next year so yeah it's uh, far from the end of the story as you said James yeah um I, I'm, I'm trying to think back to kind of if I had in my mind what I expected from it I, I'll I'll if I'm perfectly honest, I I kind of I had this thing in the back of my mind that went you know what I reckon we'll get away with this I reckon Wednesday will win uh Obviously, that didn't happen. But, I, I, you know, kind of those last couple of games of last season where you're thinking, all right, if it's minus six, minus nine, it might not send us down, we might get away with it. Do you, do you think, is minus 12 quite harsh? 
I know it could have been minus 21, couldn't it? Because in actual fact, we, we weren't found guilty of the aggravated yeah. breach. So, I mean, uh, you, you look at it kind of think, all right, actually, you know, minus 21, you sort of think it's almost not worth turning up for games next season. You know, it's just, it's almost, a, I don't think there's any club that will get out of a minus 21 points deduction. Minus 12, I guess, is is doable. It would be hard. It changes the, you know, kind of what, what sort of season it, it might it might be. But do you think it do you think it's harsh? I think, think right. I think realistically, the punishment it was always going to be sort of around nine or twelve, if we're totally honest. Uh, and I think you're right. I think there was a certain level of maybe hope and optimism that the fact that it's gone on and dragged on for so long that actually Wednesday, you know, maybe that means that they've got a very strong case, and the Independent Disciplinary Commission would rule in their way, uh, and. You're right when you mention actually that it's always sort of being classed as misconduct charge, but the reality is that, yeah, three charges is what is, is being against Wednesday. So you had the individual ones back in March that they were cleared of in Day Ponchansiri, John Redgate and Catherine Mayer, and then aggravated. So the club have been successful with that, but then they've lost the misconduct charge. So then end up with this punishment the i guess the question really is whether or not wednesday will there's a lot of questions one of the questions is whether or not wednesday will appeal um you know we you, you know Depon Chansiri, I know Depon Chansiri, everyone listening to this knows Depon Chansiri. i i can't foresee any sort of circumstance where wednesday just go ah fair enough yeah we'll 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 take that and we'll move on like th- yeah. this will not be the end of uh, matters as far as Wednesday are concerned. There's other factors there that we'll talk about in a in a bit. Uh, but I I I would imagine that Wednesday will appeal regardless of what the reasons are. Wouldn't you agree? You would have thought so, but then I suppose the counter argument is the legal cost that Wednesday will have already forked out to get to this position, and they've won two out of the three legal battles but they've still ended up with a 12 point deduction so do Wednesday weigh it up and go we're going to take our medicine here uh, take the hit move on draw a line under it or do you want to drag it on longer and it will actually then be going into the start of next season potentially when let's face it James the focus right now a lot of it has to seriously be on rebuilding a very threadbare squad lacking in strength and depth and quality in a number of positions. I agree. I, I do agree with what you're saying, but Depon Chancery will not just want the 12 points annulled, he'll want uh, an apology written using, you know, those aeroplanes that can write stuff in the sky. He'll <laughs> want that above Hillsborough at the first game of next season because, yeah, that's that's. That's who he is. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I suspect Wednesday will will appeal regardless. Uh, the, there is, you're right. There's a concern there, which is that I mean, that's kind of fine if if Wednesday feel that they should 
uh, appeal. And I, I think there's arguments. I've always thought through this whole thing. It's such a messy, messy case because you can look at it from the Wednesday point of view, which is that if they say the EFL said we can do it, then you think that's a really, really good point. You know, if someone says you can do something and then turns around saying, actually, we're going to take action against you because you did that thing that we said that you could do, then you've got a good point. The other thing is, you know, the rules are there and they were quite clearly broken. So, you know, I, I think that, Wednesday will look at this and say, well, we've got a really good ground for appeal. And the EFL will go, well, we've got a really good ground to say, sod off. You know, it's just... Yeah, also also, let's remember as well that this has been of Wednesday's own making. Yes, they've exploited a loophole in the system, but Wednesday got themselves in this position in the first place by overspending on players, wages, stockpiling players, not enough squad churn. That's why they've had to do this to stay within PNS. So that's why, on the you know, the one hand, it's hard to have too much sympathy for the club. Really, that if they have broken the rules, then they do deserve to be punished. They do, um, but then at the same time, I think this is where still the uncertainty is for me. Is that clearly the accounts? must have been signed off by somebody at the EFL to allow Wednesday to have done the transfer business that they did last summer in signing Kadeem Harris, Julian Berner, Massimo Luongo, Moses Odebaggio, etc. Wednesday were able to do that business as at that point they lifted the soft embargo to the EFL to allow Wednesday to trade. And so for me, we're only going to really know the full ins and outs of this case, how the Independent Disciplinary Commission came to their decision and why, when we get the full written reasons, which will be published at some point, and they will make for fascinating reading. It will, and of course we've got no idea how long they they will, will take, you know, we could be days, we could be talking weeks before we um, kind of get um, that. We are still a little bit blind, aren't we, in terms of the fact that, you know, we we, we still don't really know the ins and outs of this case. You know, we, we know what we think we know, but I would imagine there'll have been an absolute load of evidence and stuff talked about at the, at the hearing that, you know, that we've just not been privy to. So our understanding of this and even me talking then about, well, Wednesday had you know, emails from the EFL saying, yeah, that is ultimately based on hearsay. It's not really based on any hard evidence. So it will be really fascinating to to discover what we need to discover to to, to kind of fully understand it. Um, so, you know, questions really in terms of what happens next. We, we've discussed there that, you know, obviously there's a decision for Wednesday to make in terms of whether to appeal or not. We know that Charlton have, have very publicly talked about considering legal action. There's this strange situation where, uh, it might even be today, actually, that we're due to to hear a verdict in Wigan's appeal, uh, which, you know, I've talked to a couple of people that say, actually, if you do the maths and stuff, Wigan have got a very good case and, and there's, you know, they've got a decent chance of winning that appeal. Uh, and again, that's all just based on hearsay. But, you know, if we can do win that appeal and then Barnsley go down and then you think, well, Charlton have got to shut up because they're they now second from bottom. They can forget that. And it's Barnsley that start with all the kind of the the legal stuff. So this 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 mess of a season... Uh, particularly the the latter few weeks of the season, 
is just going to go on and on and on, isn't it? Because it's just it, it, the, this. There needs to be one way or another. There needs to be some kind of line drawn under this, and something from the FL to say, "All right, this this is not the way that this needs to happen moving forward." Like this league, this this system, this football system that we have needs to be a heck of a lot better than this. This cannot become the norm where what's happening on the pitch is just like so irrelevant. What we need right now, James, is for there to be reform at the EFL with their disciplinary process for a start. For this, to, for the case to have gone on for over 200 days and eight plus months, yes, there was the coronavirus crisis that undoubtedly would have slowed everything down and things have had to be done virtually. Not ideal, but that still does not excuse that Wednesday's case was a verdict was finally given after the season had finished. Um, It's inexcusable. It's farcical. It shouldn't have happened. And so there has to be, for me, root and branch overhaul of the way the EFL conducts themselves. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Right, here's a question then. Obviously, minus 12 points is not great, there's no, there's, no tran- there's no transfer embargo, though. I think if we'd have had something like a two-year transfer embargo, that would have been worse than having a minus 12 points deduction because let, let's figure out the possible scenario from this point. So a- ignoring any appeals and this, that, and the other, let's just say that how, how it is now is how it goes ahead. So Wednesday start the season on minus 12. And, you know, the, we might pull off something and get out of it. You know, 12 points is four wins. Um, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Let's go on worst case scenario that Wednesday are relegated to League One. Um, but, you know, there will have already been a bit of rebuilding uh, and there will be a bit more rebuilding. And if Wednesday were to then be promoted back from League One, back to the Championship, it's kind of like that fresh start, isn't it, that we'd sort of talked about. And we can hopefully put the whole thing kind of, you know, draw a line under it and move on. You're I think a, a, tra- a, a, a significant... schools here, James, I must admit. We, we are... Uh, you know, I'm just going on what kind of a scenario I can imagine, you know, possibly playing out. Now, a different scenario of a transfer embargo for, you know, let's say uh, the next three, four transfer windows when we've not got many players as it is now and we would be potentially looking at just free agents and of a certain um, wage level. I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not the kind of wage level that's going to bring you great players into the football club that that could have actually damaged us way worse could have set us back you know three four maybe even five years before we can actually then start putting together a squad that that, that can start competing uh, again and would probably still have resulted in relegation to league one you're right you, there's a hell of a lot of assumptions in there and it's all pie in the sky but I could see the scenarios of a lengthy transfer embargo being worse then a, min- a minus 12 deduction is a minus 12 deduction and it has the effect that it has and then it's done, it's over. And let's not forget about the, the fact that, you know, financially Sheffield Wednesday come out of this in a position whereby 
we will be able to spend money in the summer. Now, there's an entire another debate and another question there about, you know, the, 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 our recruitment policy and how much we, you know, really want to, uh, for them to just go out and kind of, you know, start the cycle again and splash the cash again. But it does mean there is an opportunity to build. Uh, a new squad which really really needs to happen you know we really do need to start building from the bottom upwards uh, again and uh, we at least have the ability to do that and it, it might be that there's a relegation in there and if if there is then there is but that project of rebuilding this squad can happen uh, yeah I think for, for me James next season what it will be all about we're going on the assumption that Wednesday will be starting it with minus 12, staying up, staying up and getting to 62 points. That would give them 50. That should be enough to keep them up. Charlton have just gone down this season, third from bottom with 48. Um, so it's going to take mid-table form. And uh, where have Wednesday finished in the last three seasons? In mid-table. So that should give us some heart, I suppose, that they might be able to get enough points on the board um, to stay up. But yeah, for me, um, it doesn't change the task of what needs to happen, which is this big rebuild and overhaul that we talked so often about on this podcast. Um, Wednesday, I think realistically, they've got one player through the door so far in Fizeu Deli Bashira. I think there needs to be another six or seven. And that's what they're working hard behind the scenes to try and make happen. Uh, and I suppose the other point to follow up on what you were saying there, James, is that, um, yeah, in terms of cash, that's sort of to, all to be revealed yet, really, where if this, in the PNS cycle, the accounts are not permitted then for the 17 18 season then we're assuming that it would go into the 18-19 accounts, which were actually due on Friday last week. And so we will get the accounts in the near future as well. So that, actually, the profits from the 18-19 accounts should mean that, like you say, that Wednesday will have wiggle room in the transfer market. They may actually have some funds to play with. I'm not expecting them to go... Mental go crazy in the transfer market, and I think, frankly, that's the last thing they need to do. They need to, we what we need now is to see them learn lessons from past mistakes yeah. moving forward. Yeah. For me, that's so it's going down the more sustainable route and looking for the smart, shrewd bits of businesses that can be done on the free transfer and loan market. That's what I think has to happen moving forward. Well, the, the, there's this opportunity, isn't there, to, to build this you know, squad of, uh, all right, Wednesday are going to be starting the season on minus 12. That makes it a slightly harder sell to a player if they've got offers elsewhere. That goes without saying, doesn't it? If you've got offers of, I don't know, three clubs all in the championship, some might have, you know, slightly better prospects or facilities or this, that and the other, but one of them will be bottom of the league for at least the first four games of the season, probably in the relegation zone for uh, the first half of the season, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be, um, uh, it, it becomes a really difficult sell. But this idea of of doing what you know some clubs have done and some clubs have done really well in terms of looking at you know the best players who are in leagues below the championship 
So, you know, looking at League One, maybe even looking at League Two, looking at some European leagues and players who would not be put off by the fact that it's, you know, it's a club that's starting on minus 12 because it's still a big jump up for them, both in terms of uh, leagues, in terms of, you know, size of club, but also in terms of wage, you know, we'll be able to offer them something better than they would be getting somewhere else. Um, you know, hopefully there we're talking about generally younger players, but then balancing that out with maybe, you know, maybe a couple of free agents and some other kind of shrewd bit of, bit, bits of business. We don't really know what kind of transfer market we're going to be looking at this summer. It's not just going to be the same as every other summer because of the fact that football's in a weird position. There will be clubs that just probably don't have money. We don't really know what the restrictions are going to be because of the impact of coronavirus it might be that pns goes out the window this summer uh, who who knows but there is a real opportunity there i have real concerns as to whether or not this football club will ever be able to do that um and and that that's not just necessarily down to whether or not i trust the hierarchy at the club to be able to do it or whether they want to do it you know i still think that Ultimately, the chairman probably wants to buy Premier League players and build a squad of you know winners, as he would see it, rather than trying to assemble something that's really clever and that you know might just click and create something really special. I'm not sure that that would be what he would want to. I don't know, James. Do. I, I, don't I also don't know whether or not fans will accept it. I think that you know we we have a fan base that wants success yesterday and kind of raiding you know League One and League Two and stuff like that. I think fans would be really negative about that, and I'm not sure they. I'm not sure that a lot of fans would see that as a positive in the way that I would do. For, for me, Wednesday haven't done enough of that anyway over the last twenty years, where they haven't raided the lower leagues and and seen what the best talent is out there unearthed it and um yeah and, and that you could get for maybe on a on a cut price deal or or get players in who will have resale value uh, so if they do well at wednesday then you, you, it gives you the option of in the, the future maybe looking to sell them on you know turn them into a profit and reinvest that back in the team where you know there are areas that you need to strengthen but I, I, I hear what you're saying there about the chairman, but actually, I, I, I would say that he might be probably in favour more than you think of going down the route of let's be smarter and cuter in the transfer market when he's already thrown a lot of money at it. I, I And I think we have actually seen a change in the transfer policy, again, that we've, we've talked about. We have, I think, in the last couple of windows with people like Dominic Ayoff and Massimo Luongo. So that has to continue. So I, I think maybe actually um, that the hierarchy are beginning to look at how they can operate and do things differently. And, I, and that, I think, is for me where there is some encouragement for the future. Uh, but this still will be a really huge summer and, and potentially one of the biggest in Wednesday's m- recent modern history. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it will. Uh, all right. If, if Mr. Chancery, right, does think uh, as, as you suggest there that, you know, he may well be in favor of it. That might be the direction that he wants to go in. One thing that he has to do, has to do, all right, in order for this to work, 
bring in a director of football, someone that can actually make that policy work. That it's not just about so and such, such and such players available. Do we get them? Do we not? Someone that can actually see the bigger picture and assemble a, a squad of players that can make this work. James, because otherwise, yeah, James, we're, we're playing at doing that. something that we have no knowledge of. Right, Sheffield Wednesday have never tried this before. We've never tried to go in this direction before so we'd just be playing at it bringing someone that knows it that can do it james we're covering old ground i'm afraid though we, we i think we we've got to start but in, in which case i reject i reject your argument that that he that this is the direction that he wants to go in because if he wants to then prove it bring in someone that can deliver it no i i, I disagree that i don't think right now for me what's more important at the football club but i'd like to see them bring someone in is not actually a director of football. I want to see a chief executive come in. I want someone to come in behind the scenes to take some of the the burden, to take some of the strain, stress away from the chairman, for them to come into a position of power and make decisions so that it doesn't all fall, maybe perhaps as much as what it does right now, on the chairman's you know, shoulders. I think that... For me, when you're looking at hiring somebody, bringing somebody in, I think that personally is way more important than bringing in a director of football. And I, I let me just read you some quotes that in the last time I spoke to the chairman on the record and I asked him, James, about would a director of football help the club? His response was this. I would like to ask anyone who has the question, what is the perception of a director of football or sporting director in your view um, the way we operate is that the manager has the final say on which players he wants and I believe this is the correct way if the director of football insists on bringing in a player that the manager does not want that is sure to create a problem so I think this dis- this depends on policy and the policy is that I do not believe in the director of football position I believe in the team so it's end of James. A director of football is not going to come in anytime soon. It's not unless do you just carry. Um, do you just do you just carry Depon Chancery quotes around with you, just in case you need to just whip them out I, at any I, point? I thought then that you know what I thought. Just to quickly end this argument, that I I would quickly go into my bag of tricks and oh, get them out there. That doesn't end the argument at all, does it? No, no, but James, so, like, you know, so, 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 so Gary, Gary, are we just going to be? Uh, there's no point in really discussing it or like, suggesting, it, even if it's the right thing to do under De Ponchanceri, there is no evidence to, to suggest right now that the director of football is going to be brought in. Whether a director of football should be brought in or not, it's not, I don't think, right now in the setup, it's not going to happen. So it's sort of pointless having the conversation. He's made his feelings clear on the argument. And so fans are either going to take on face value, accept it, or keep banging the drum. But I just don't think it will make a blind bit of difference. I think he's made his mind on it. But this makes it very difficult for me to support your argument that, you know, it's kind of, yeah, you know, th- th- this is something that Chancery can do and he can deliver and, you know, we we uh, are, are kind of moving in that direction anyway. It's like, yeah, if we no, want no, to do no, it, we've no, no, got no, no, to do it properly. About, no, but right, Park Director of Football, right, we're just looking at the facts. We're just looking at the business that they've done in the last few windows, whether it be on loan or permanent buys. Has it not been better? Has it not improved I, the team? 
Do you also do you also believe that Gary Monk had final say on all of those players? Um, he would have had an input. You'd like to think he would have had an input in those deals, and that's what the chairman said that it's always been the managers that they have the final say. So it's up to you whether you believe that or not. I would like I believe that because otherwise, um, it, it sort of undermines a manager, doesn't it? Really, if he doesn't have the final say on transfers. That's that's part of the manager's okay. job for me, really. So there we go. Debates that have been going around online then. Um, uh, would it have been better for Wednesday have just to have had the points deduction this season gone, take relegation, rebuild in League One and, and do it that way than have it lingering there in the background for an entire season? No, absolutely not. I, some people have come out with the argument is I would have rather have gone down to League One and start again. Absolute rubbish. What a load of nonsense that is. I'm sorry, I can't accept that. For a start, the revenue difference between the Championship and League One, you know, right, financially there, you know, and when COVID times as it is, like that's the last thing that Wednesday need. And when you're talking about a rebuild, where would it have then left maybe recruitment if Wednesday had gone down to League One? So, no, that argument doesn't wash at all with me. I'm sorry, but I can't accept that at all. I, it, I'd rather this all day. Are you going to sit on the fence on this one? Or, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to, you know, get you know, splinters obviously sitting on the fence here. No, straight. No, absolutely, James. Um, staying in the championship all day, every day, um, is, I'd take an appoints deduction than Wednesday having gone down to League One and trying to rebuild from there. I think it would have made things a lot, lot more difficult. Can you imagine uh, the reaction of Charlton? Should uh, there's this this kind of you know idea knocking around that League One and League Two might not be able to actually play football while ever crowds aren't allowed in, so they might have to like skip a season. So if there was no relegation from the Championship for the next season because League One and League Two just don't play, how how great would that be? Charlton would they'd just all have kittens. It would be fantastic. Um, do you think Wednesday will survive? Do you think that Wednesday will get out of it? Or do you think that they'll get relegated? I, I know it's almost an impossible question to answer at the moment because we don't know what kind of squad we're looking at, but it, it's what's your instinct tell you? It's all about recruitment. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm really, really confident and optimistic right now, but it is early August. Wednesday have two months to do an awful lot of good transfer dealings uh, and, and that's incomings and outgoings should they get any very good offers on the table for some of their prized assets or or better players between now and then so I would stress that too so Wednesday they have to bring in the right characters and improve the quality of the squad just like all over especially up front and that's for me the key area of them all, and I'm sure many Wednesday out there will be feeling exactly the same when you look at Wednesday've got one forward, senior forward on their books. And 15, 16 months ago, Wednesday had eight. So they were spoiled for choice then. And now a lot of strikers have gone. We still don't know what's going on or, or whether Atinuyu will return or Kieran Lee. I've made my feelings pretty clear about that. I don't know where you stand on them, James, but I, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd agree with you, I, yeah. I, well, I wouldn't be against Atty Nuyu 
coming back. Now we know that Wednesday got a points deduction and there's so there's, there's so much work to be done that if Atty knew he was to come back on reduced terms, I wouldn't be against that. But I do think that Kieran Lee, I think we have to bid a fond farewell to him. I don't think that central midfield is a priority for Wednesday. I'd have to agree with all of that, and and um, yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be angry about uh, if Atinuiu did did return, but I don't think he's going to be the answer to our problems. And uh, my, my my worry with this is that you know we're we're now we're we're in a summer whereby the season will restart before the transfer window closes, which of course last year was changed so that that wouldn't happen again. But you know, this year kind of rules go out the window a little bit. Um, so it's my, my, my worry is if Wednesday do what Wednesday tend to do and, you know, we kind of wait and think, all right, well, they'll make some signings soon. They'll bring in some players soon. And then we wait a bit longer and it'll be like, they will, you know, sooner or later, we, we've got to bring in some players. We're going to have to bring in some players. And then we wait a bit and it's like, mm, still not brought in any players. Right. And we get to the start of the season and it's like, yeah, still working on deals, still trying to bring players in. That's my worry because minus 12 means that we can't afford to have a bit of a slow start. We can't afford to, to have kind of like, you know, four or five, maybe even six games at the start of the season, which there might be before the transfer window closes, whereby we don't really compete because we haven't got a, a proper squad put together. That's my concern. And, and, and I think that that's something that we've got to keep in mind that we need to treat our transfer deadline as the start of the season. We've got to have a squad that can win games in this league by the first game of the season because if we're if we're on minus 12 and we have a really poor start and the first you know four five six games we only get you know maybe one win and you know just a handful of points then it doesn't really matter what happens from that point then you look at it and think it could be game over by you know the end of October or something like that you know it, it's it could end up being a real real car crash a proper mess if we end up in that situation where you know, we, we we just let things just run away with themselves. I from, really from hope they're on to, it. From what Wednesday told me, James, I think that um, what, you know, work's going on behind the scenes and that they are trying to get deals over the line and done as soon as possible. And they would like, I think, you know, pre, you know they come back with pre-season next week. And so they want to try and get some more players in without a doubt but it isn't easy at the moment um and i uh, and i suppose it won't have been for the last week maybe this week too when you look at some players and agents they're on holiday they're away uh, and so if you need them physically um if you're wanting to meet up with them or show them around you know the ground training ground whatever it might be you know you know what i mean right right now that logistically it could be a little bit challenging on that um on that score but the calls are going in the 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 due diligence i think a lot of it will have already been done on the types of players that gary monk wants Uh, and now yeah they've got to move fast to try and get some deals done and so that gary monk to give him the best chance to gel the team as much as anything, to actually get them bonded, get them together. We know that the pre-season is not going to be very long. He's got four weeks. He's got four weeks to try and get this squad fit in shape. And like you say, they have got to hit the ground running. They have got to get points on the board straight away. 
you know, they can't afford to make a, a losing start. And and I think also, again, the profile players, I think is really important. Think it's, it's those leaders that we've talked so often about, but Gary Monk's got to get some winning mentality or players who are used to winning, I would suggest, through the door. When you look at from the last 23 league matches, Wednesday have lost 14 of them, James, and only won four. Um, so this group of players have shown their inconsistencies and too much going up and down. And that, well, that's there's plenty of consistency change. there. Consistency wasn't the problem. <laughs> Consistently rubbish that was the problem. Uh, all right, cool. Um, I mean, we've kind of talked about all this. Uh, the The key question, really, that I've not asked you yet, we, and this is the really important question, is what do you think to the new away shirt? Marvellous. Brilliant. Love it. I'm in love. I'm just a massive fan, James. All really? Right. So you've, uh, you've pre-ordered one? Uh, not yet, but uh, I was hoping you'd get me one for Christmas. Uh, yeah, I'll say yes and probably forget about that. That's a fair deal. Uh, I personally think it looks like um, when you've used your iPad a bit and the screen's really mucky and smudgy and stuff like that, I think it looks like that. So um, um, not not a huge fan, but there we go. Uh, right, cool. That is going to wrap things up then. Um, I, I think it's fair to say this probably won't be the last time we talk about this subject, and I'm sure it probably won't be the last time we talk about this subject this summer, uh, as and when there's anything new, uh, and particularly, I guess, when we, we get the, the more detailed um, findings from the... Um, from the hearing then we'll be back and we'll have plenty more to uh, to talk about in the meantime you can catch dom at dom Housen. i'm at james marriott you can contact the show at dom and james big big thank you to our goal partners title law who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk and wednesday bet available to download now thank you for joining us if you like singing the blues please rate and review the show in your podcast app up the owls and we'll see you soon 